Welcome to the first episode of I'm Bored, a podcast created because, well, we're all stuck at home and I'm bored, miss my friends, and generally miss social interaction. On that note, joining me today is my friend and colleague, Nick Seipel. Hey, Nick, how is the near isolation treating you? Uh, you know, it's been all right. I'm learning to work from home. I know you do this all the time, but, you know, it's been tough for me to figure out how to separate when I'm supposed to be working, when I'm supposed to be at home, when do I go to lunch, when do I walk the dog, am I walking the dog on work time, is this personal time, I don't know, so I'm trying to navigate all that stuff, how do you do it, Dan? Well, I mean, I have a different situation than you, because I'm an independent contractor, I can come and go as I please, um, but I've actually found this is much harder, because as you know, uh, we're very busy, we won't really talk about our job, but we're, we're, we're financial journalists in a, in a broad sense. And obviously, this is a time where there's a lot to write about. So I've worked more in the past two days than I have in generally any two days. Today, I, I was getting ready to go over some notes for this podcast. And I realized I hadn't taken a shower today. So it's this has been difficult for me uh, besides the social isolation part my wife is working from home which she doesn't particularly like to do my son doesn't have school may not have school until the middle of april and we live in a you know probably a little bit bigger than where you are but a 1300 square foot uh two bedroom and a den condo so we don't particularly have a lot of extra space we really only have one desk i spent half my day on the couch and it uh it wasn't super comfortable yeah, I'll tell you, but my dog, too, his schedule has been changed up. He's like, hey, man, why are you home all day? What are, isn't it time to go play? So, so uh, yeah, it's a big thing. I, I, I tell you, too, um, I know you're a big, big Starbucks guy, Dan. What are you thinking about? Are you, without being able to go to Starbucks during the day, how are you going get to uh, get through? So I have done drive-through at, at Starbucks. Um, our Starbucks are, and most Starbucks are still open for drive-through, and you you can actually go into the store for pickup. You're just not allowed to eat in the store, uh, and drive-through lines can be quite long. I think they're probably going to move to uh, mobile order and pay, and you you get handed the order outside. So, and I've stocked up. The one thing I have a lot of is is iced coffee, but I do miss that experience and the ritual. And part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is to go back to a bit of the normal interaction. You know, you and I, you know, we talk over Slack when I'm not in the office, but once a month I come to Alexandria, Virginia, and we have dinner, we have drinks. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, I was supposed to be there all week. Probably right now we'd be sitting at Trademark having, you know, uh, you a beer, me a Manhattan, uh, and, you know, talking about work or whatever. So for me, the goal is just a little bit of normalcy in a really not normal way. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of, I guess we should get into what we're going to talk about today, Dan. We normally would we normally do a candy uh, March Madness tournament bracket, Dan. <laughs> so this is inspired by something we've started doing occasionally on podcasts at work, where when the show ends, we do something that's not financial. Uh, we did a. a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, of pro wrestling, our favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, and we are actually going to talk about WWE when we're done doing our, our sort of March Madness candy bracket. So here's the premise here. We've all been talking about how we're stocking up and sort of the stuff we need. You need toilet paper, hand sanitizer, ground beef, pasta, rice, whatever it is. But it's the stuff you don't need that's kind of the most fun. You know, there might be a little more gin sitting in my cabinet than there normally is. Uh, and there's definitely some candy. Uh, Nick, are you a candy guy? Yeah, so I, you know, we talk about stocking up on things, and I actually did stock up on one of the candies that is on this list. I will, you know, maybe. Well, you know that you know the list we're going to talk about. Can you guess, Dan? Can you guess which one? Uh, I'm going to guess take five. 
Yeah, well, obviously, take, that's the one that I made sure we had it on there. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, take and five it's, and it's, one I'm, it's one I'm going to dispute because it's a very bizarre candy as far as I'm concerned. But we will get to that. Well, we'll so, get on that. Yeah. So here's the premise, folks. There are 16 candies here. Uh, we're doing this partially because we want to be interactive on social media after the fact. When we post this, uh, it'll be on my Twitter, at Worst Ideas, uh, my Facebook, I'll post it. I want to hear where we screwed up, what candies we mixed, we missed. Did we do any of the seeding really wrong? And because we don't have a visual here, what we're going to do is we're just going to start going through the, the four different, let's call them regions. Uh, it's a one seed against a four seed, a two seed against a three seed. We'll go through the first round matchups in all the regions. Then we'll do the semis. Then we'll do the finals. So the first number one seed, and I don't think this is controversial, is the Kit Kat, a classic candy. Uh, taste good they've started to give some different flavors but for the most part the big seller is still the number is still the classic version and the number four is the twix in my opinion not a candy a biscuit covered in mediocre caramel with waxy chocolate and i was a kid i used to break off the chocolate and scrape off the caramel with my tongue and throw the biscuit away nick do you feel, think there's any chance for an upset here uh, yeah, I think that's a fire take there on uh, getting rid of the uh, of, of the, the caramel from the Twix. I'll say, you know. Oh no, no, I keep the caramel. I get rid of the biscuit. Oh, they call know. it a cookie, but it's not a cookie. No, it's a it's a cookie, man. I'll tell you, I, both of these are are top up on my list of favorite candy. I'm a big like crunch guy, and then uh, I, so I would say traditional Twix against the Kit Kat. I think Twix. Uh, excuse me. I think the Kit Kat has to take it. I think where the Twix could come up ahead is if, if it's the peanut butter Twix, because the peanut butter Twix is a game changer. And I say <laughs> if we're going original Twix versus original Kit Kat, number one, I'd rather have the four-part Kit Kat than two-part Twix. More shareability options. The, you know, you're, again, you're not, uh, it's got the crunch, uh, and it's just a little bit better. I mean, it's, you know, the, the Twix is a little bit heavier on the, uh, on the cookie. I like, I like Kit Kat. So Kit Kat's just the winner for me. I'm also going to point out that Twix has the least funny sort of re repetitive joke ad campaign the left twix right twix which has been running for i don't know since before you were born it's a really long ad campaign it's not funny at all we get it they're both the same that's the joke ha 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 move on from it like five years ago so our winner is kit kat which takes us to what what i think is going to be a battle here number two seed nestle crunch and number three seed your favorite take five i'm gonna say Nestle's Crunch is a classic. It's an enjoyable candy, but I, I might give you take five here because the chocolate in the Nestle's Crunch is kind of crummy. Nick, your take? Yeah, so I think, I think the easy winner here is the take five. I think, again, to your point, the Nestle Crunch chocolate, not all that great. The thing that really makes the take five just the runaway winner for me, it's, it's just, I mean, it's everything you want. You've got the, the pretzel, which gives you the saltiness. You've got the chocolate, which who doesn't like the chocolate? You've got uh caramel which caramel is nice and then <laughs> the peanut butter is really what brings it home right because you get the crunch which i love the crunch you get the saltiness and the peanut butter all together with the chocolate i think it's just the perfect combo yeah i, I don't know how you can beat it it's like it's like you know maybe you can have uh each of the parts by itself would never win when you put them all together, it's like, it's like how, remember, I think it was like the, the 04 Pistons swept those <laughs> Lakers that had Kobe and Shaq, Gary Payton. It's like five Hall of Famers all on the team. But you know what? There's not a single Hall of Famer that was probably on that Pistons team, but it came out ahead because all the parts work together so well. 
that's how I feel about the take five. Okay, so take five is like the, the years when like the Pittsburgh Pirates make a World Series run without any good players, but the, somehow the whole team works. So yeah, totally the get it. this year, right? I mean, the Nats this year, you know, the team gets hot at the right time and they all kind of coalesce and then, you know, you, you get a championship. And I think that's what the take five is. And they made me a lot of money in Las Vegas. So I'll give you the take five. All, all right. right. In the second bracket, uh, I, again, I don't think we're getting an upset here. You've got the Snickers bar, a classic chocolate bar, and Whoppers. And I love malted milk balls, but I would argue that any malted milk ball you buy from even the worst candy store is 5,000 times better than a Whopper, which again is covered in very waxy chocolate. Yeah, I think this one's a pretty quick one for me. I Just in general, I don't like malted milk balls, but number two, when I was a kid, Whoppers made me throw up one time, so easy win for Snickers. <laughs> The two-three battle, I actually think, uh, is also difficult. You've got the three musketeers, which I'll give you two things on it. It's a lot of candy volume for what you're paying. It's the same price as a Snickers or a Milky Way, but because it's fluffier, it's much bigger. But you can make the same argument for Skittles. It takes a really long time to eat a bag of Skittles. They are they are very difficult to chew in sort of an enjoyable way. Uh, I'm not sure I have an answer here. Nick, do you, uh, do you lean one way or the other? Yeah. So when I was a little kid, I was a big Three Musketeers fan. Like I would, you know, you, you talked about how you would get the, the cookie off of the Twix, right? I would do <laughs> the same thing with Three Musketeers. I'd get the chocolate off. I just want like all the nougat. I think as I've gotten older, there's a little bit too much sweetness going on for me. And <laughs> I have so to Skittles admit, have I've, grown done, up I've on done me. that as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, so I think Skittles have, have really grown on me. You've got the Marshawn Lynch factor, which who doesn't love Marshawn Lynch? I mean, they have a great so ad campaign with him. So I think this is another one of those where I think it depends on the, which side of the bed I wake up on. If I'm not in like a fruity mood, I think Three Musketeers might win, but uh, it's Skittles for me. Yeah, I, I'm going to lean towards Skittles, even though I like them both, which brings us to the third bracket. And this is by far, in my opinion, the most difficult choice on here. You've got the number one seeded Milky Way, probably my favorite candy bar. And you've got number four, Junior Mints, which is arguably my favorite candy. So these are both really good options. Um, but I have a feeling you're not going to feel the same way. Yeah, so I think for me, I just Junior Mints, I mean, they don't really resonate with me very much. I mean, the, when I think of Junior Mints, I think of the Seinfeld episode. But, I, you know, it's not really something that I <laughs> ever really, like, ate too much on my own. So I think, you know, just by default, Milky Way wins, but I don't feel super strongly about either of those. Yeah, and I think you have to go with the sort of Milky Way is a little bit more accessible. Junior Mint, Mint anything is kind of an acquired taste. Um, so I'm going to lean towards that. And I think we're setting up a one-two battle in the seed that's going to be absolutely epic because the two-three here, we have M&Ms, a classic candy, and, you know, melt in your mouth not in your hands you can't argue with that you can actually hold on to them and they don't melt in your hands uh against number three another movie theater candy milk duds um again i love caramel i like chocolate both are maybe not the top quality like a better executed milk dud might beat the m&m but i don't think it's actually close Okay, so, so point of order here, when we're talking about M&Ms, are we talking about original M&Ms only, or are we talking about the entire genre of different varieties of M&M? I think we're talking original M&Ms only. Gosh, well, then that makes it a lot closer, because if it's the peanut M&M, it's like the far and away winner. It's not close. 
But uh, if it's between M&Ms and Milk Duds, I don't feel super strong on regular M&Ms. But you've got that same factor of Whoppers made me throw up when I was a kid. Milk Duds aren't that different from Whoppers. So uh, M&Ms <laughs> takes it. I would argue that they're very different from Whoppers, except they both, for some reason, use that chocolate where you have to, like, put it in your mouth for 30 seconds before it, like, turns into chocolate. So there's a little bit of unpleasantness there. Uh, in the final region, you've got the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, a classic candy. I like them frozen. Um, my wife likes them when they're in the different holiday shapes. She likes the, the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate better with that uh, against the number four, the Hershey's Cookies and Cream, which actually is another personal favorite of mine. It's, it's sort of a unique take on white chocolate with cookie pieces. Um, it's a good uh, melting, you know, kind of suck on it for a while piece of chocolate. But I don't think it's going to pull an upset here, Nick. Yeah, I would say on the Hershey's cookies and cream, I, I would analogize this to like, this is like that team from like the Big Sky Conference that probably shouldn't be in the tournament, but they won their conference, their conference tournament. I would be, I would want like baby Ruth in here, number four. So I think for me, it's an easy, easy win uh, for the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I would echo uh, your wife's sentiments on the, the, the holiday ones. I think the egg and then the Christmas tree are just game changer night and day better than the regular peanut butter cups. I also will say the full size regular ones uh, are trash compared to the miniature ones. The miniature <laughs> ones are, are, it's the miniature ones and the, and the holiday ones are super good. The regular ones, uh, I mean, come on. They're, I mean, they're fine. They're still, re they're still Reese's, but they're not as good as they are. Miniature uh, ones in ice cream are one of my favorite things. Uh, yes. Again, not a go-to candy for me, but still very good. Uh, which brings us to the two, three matchup here. And, well, I don't think there's any competition here. We've got Sour Patch Kids at the number two against, and I'm going to equate these two together, the score and the Heath bar. The score bar is actually infinitely superior to the Heath bar. It's a better toffee, but the Heath bar is sort of the same thing, and it's more widely distributed. Uh, score is my one of my favorite candies. Maybe not my absolute favorites. That's probably still Milky Way. Uh, and the Heath bar is close behind, but I still kind of think Sour Patch Kids are a little bit more universal and would probably pull out the win here. Yeah, for me, I'm not a big toffee guy, uh, so it would probably be Sour Patch Kids for me. But I could see, you know, Dan, if you feel strongly on the score Heath bar, I, I, I could give it to you. Uh, but, yeah, I you probably have to be Sour Patch Kids for me. I'm yeah, not I think you have guy. to go Sour Patch Kids because I like Sour Patch Kids. The problem I have with Sour Patch Kids is they do wear out their welcome pretty quickly. Um, you yeah. know, they're, they're enjoyable, but you sort of move past it very, very fast. Yeah, uh, okay. if we want to go back and compare the fruity candies, I would say the Skittles are an all-day candy. You know, you can have like – you can be munching on Skittles all day long. The Sour Patch Kids, I think, is like, you know, one bag and you're done. Okay, so that takes us to the quarters here. We go back to the first region, uh, and we've got the Kit Kat against the Take Five. Um, I know where your logic is, and I'm going to say about the Kit Kat, the one negative I have with it is a Kit Kat is like half the size it was when I was a kid. They have slowly shrunk this thing down, so it used to be a substantial candy bar and i know calories it's not just money uh whereas the take five is that classic hershey bar size and maybe they've shaved something off that but i don't think so i would still go kit kat but you could probably talk me into the upset here yeah so i think you know and this i just noticed dan this is kind of the crunchy region right we got kit kat twix nestle crunch <laughs> take five um and so for the crunch region i'm prop again i said take five is my number one it's the one that i got like my doomsday prep supplies of so i'm always gonna have to come back to that i think 
Uh, these are both great crunchy candies. I think, again, where the Take 5 really goes over the top is just all the things rhyme together really well. You get the saltiness, which is great. And then peanut butter, right? I mean, <laughs> almost any of these, you put chocolate with peanut butter. So if, you had, if there was like a peanut butter Kit Kat, maybe it gets in there. But uh, I, I think uh, the Take 5 has to take it for me. So, but so, uh, I'm always going to pick the Take 5. So, I, so you know, to, I, I hate to be biased here. To bring this back to college basketball, this would basically be like if the tournament had actually happened and Hofstra has taken two games. Like, my alma mater, very proud of them. They would have lost by 40 in the opening round. But I, un, I see the argument. It, the Take 5 is a very unique candy bar. It does things you generally don't see. You, you know, you don't have a lot of mixing in the candy bar world. So we're going to put it into the Final Four, which is very surprising to me. But, uh, you know, that's why you watch the games. Uh, so in the next uh, quarterfinal, you've got Snickers, uh, one of the classic candy bars, against Skittles, probably the prototype for chewy candy. Um, I am going to lean towards Skittles because I like it more, but I'm not sure I could argue that it's a better candy. Nick, what's your thought? Well, for me, Snickers, I mean, Snickers is like the Duke of this kind of thing. It's that team that's <laughs> always going to be there. They're all just by default of its name. It's always going to get that one or two seed. Uh, but I think like Duke, they always surprise you, at least in recent years. And like losing uh, the round of 16. <laughs> exactly. And so I would say it's very close for me. It depends on what side of the bed I wake up on. But because Snickers is the Duke of candies, I got to give it to Skittles. Oh, we're going Skittles. Uh, for this, let, let, me, let, me take, let me take the lead on this one, Dan, because I know you're a Milky Way person. <laughs> and so I just don't want you to taint the audience with your, with your, uh, with your, with your arguments here. So, so, all right. So we got, uh, so this region uh, is going gonna, is gonna to have Milky Way versus M&Ms. Again, I'm going to have to say, how much value does the M&Ms get because it's the melt in your mouth, not in your hand? Because that's the real differentiator. And it's got the crunch going on, whereas the Milky Way is all kind of smooth. Yeah, so I'm going to surprise you here. Um, I like Milky Way, but as an adult who doesn't eat very much candy, M&M's, I think, is more bang for your buck. You can crunch a few. You can let a few melt. Uh, a Milky Way, you eat in like 35 seconds. A bag of M&M's, you can sort of, you know, play with for 10, 15 minutes, maybe even longer. So I actually think as much as I, if I could eat all the candy I wanted, would probably prefer to eat all the Milky Ways versus all of the M&M's. I actually think M&M's is a more versatile candy, and, and I find myself buying it more often. Yeah, M&M's is more shareable. You do have that going on. It's easy to eat like half the thing of M&M's. If you're on a diet, you know, you can make that work for you. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I, I can see M&M's gets it, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, th this is a tough one and, and probably an unfair matchup. Uh, M&M's probably could have argued to be a one seed. We, we might be hearing from the M&M people. Uh, so in the final quarters, you've got the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup against Sour Patch Kids. Um, this is a toss-up for me. I, I'm... Again, I, I'm sort of over Sour Patch Kids as an adult. You, you can't eat too many of them, even though they were one of my favorite candies as a kid. And Reese's, I'm happy to eat them, but it's not a candy I, I ever buy for myself. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to leave this uh, powerful decision to you here. Yeah, so I would say Reese's, I mean, it's got a cruise to victory here for me. It's, I mean, I think it's it, consistently, if you look at like polls of people's favorite candy, Reese's comes out ahead. I think Reese's is another one of those blue bloods that's always going to end up there. I'd say maybe if you want to give another team, I'd say like Reese's is Kansas. Because Kansas, <laughs> Kansas uh, you know, every once in a while they win it, 
but they, they for some reason I'm never like shocked when Kansas lets you down whereas Duke Duke always always it's just it's just it just rips your heart out so and also I would just you know you, we took we talked about Sour Patch Kids you know you can only eat so many of a Reese's I if I get one of those little mini Reese's things it's all gone like I, I can't help myself I just keep coming and uh and so just the re-eatability yeah the blue and, bloodness and I don't think your average adult is eating a lot of Sour Patch Kids. Uh, so if, if, if 12-year-old me was doing this, well, you wouldn't have been born. But if 12-year-old me was doing this with, with a, a peer at that age, I would have argued Sour Patch Kids. For a long time, that was my go-to movie candy. Uh, but sadly, I guess we've grown up. So that takes us to the final four. We've got Take Five versus Skittles, M&M's versus Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, a a huge upset potential on the left side of the bracket. Um, so you're going to argue for take five and I'll give you a second to do that. I'm going to say that Skittles wins out here. Skittles, besides that they're just good, they have spurred the argument that we actually tested out in college of, can you tell which flavor is which blindfolded? The answer is grape. Yes. The rest of them know. Um, and it's a shareable candy. It's a candy that lasts a really long time. It doesn't uh, melt particularly easily, so it, you can throw it in a bag. Skittles tend to be my uh, go-to travel candy. I had a boss who once said, never get on a plane without food, and that is a smart rule because if you get stuck for four or five hours, you're going to really appreciate that you have a big bag of Skittles in your bag, even if, frankly, you don't want to eat the Skittles and throw them away after you or after you get off the plane so you don't eat them. Sometimes when I've been delayed, they've really come in handy. So I'm going to argue for Skittles and try to make a case for take five, but I don't think you can. Yeah, so I... <sighs> I'm always going to be arguing uphill here because I mean, have you ever seen a take five commercial? I think it's that I see it. Taste the rainbow is, is obviously the Skittles branding. What is the take five branding? There were take five. It was a big promotional push when it launched. I don't remember how many years ago it was, uh, but I agree. It's not a regularly advertised candy. And I will actually hold that against Skittles. I do not like the candy, the commercials where Skittles are coming out of an animal. It just like they do a lot of things to make Skittles seem kind of gross that in, in no way connect to what they're actually like. And some of the new commercials, they use that taste the rainbow as if it's like a military slogan, like taste the rainbow. And so that is a little bit of a blow to Skittles. Um, I don't know. Is the Take 5 even, like, readily available? No, it's not. You have to go out of your way to get it. So, so that, that is an issue, too. I, I would say Take 5 is, like, that mid-major team you've never heard of. It's George Mason kind of running their, running their way all the way to the Final Four. Um, yeah, I, I will say, you know, to your point on the, on the advertising, I feel like Skittles definitely hired the same PR firm that Old Spice uses because their, their commercials <laughs> are equally as weird and equally to, like total non-sequiturs. Um, I think, you know, I can let you have Skittles get through. We need to have a fruity candy get through. I will say though, the take five, just like the saltiness of the pretzel again with the, with the chocolate, with the peanut butter, it's just, it's just a team that really works together well, but you know, Skittles does have the variety. It does have the shareability. It does yeah, have, I, uh, you know, all those things we said about M&Ms. It's got that. And it's, you know, it's a fruity candy. It's kind of one of a kind. I feel like the fact that take five is a second tier candy and turn like you'll find it if you go to like a CVS or someplace that has like a really big candy display but it's not in movie theaters you're not going to see it in like smaller selections so I kind of think this is one of those cases you're like 
the champion gets the draw in in boxing you know if it's close the champion keeps the title i think in this case it's close but skittles just being the way bigger name kind of takes over here um and that brings us to a, a battle of sort of chocolate m&ms against the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I don't think this is a question. I think it's M&M's. But I felt you almost talked me into take five, so you might be able to talk me into Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think this is a walkover for Reese's. I, I think just M&M's is really handicapped by the fact that we're not allowing the other varieties of M&M's come in. Again, if peanut M&M's were in here, I think, I think M&M's – oh, wait. If the, whole, if the whole gamut of M&M's were in, but specifically the peanut M&M's, then I think then I think you know this is a real a real competition here. But I think if you're only looking at the chocolate M and M's against the Reese's peanut butter cup, I just I'm sorry I don't know I don't know how you can give it to the regular M and M's over the Reese's. So it might be a flaw in this bracket that peanut M and M's weren't their own entry because I agree they they might have had a chance of going pretty far though. I personally do not want a peanut in my M M&M. and M. It just seems bizarre to me. Um, and again, I like both of these candies, so I'm willing to go Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, uh, partially because there's a lot of love for that in my house. Which brings us to an epic final battle. Uh, first of all, not the way I thought it was going to go. I thought for sure Milky Way was going to be in the final. Uh, we've got Skittles versus Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Um, and I'm going to, after not picking Reese's Peanut Butter Cup in the last round, I'm actually going to bounce back and say that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is maybe more of a classic candy than the Skittles. Yeah, I, I don't know how, you know, you can have a winner and it not be a chocolate candy. Like, you got to give respect to the fruity candies. They have, they have, you know, a great history. They have a great role in the candy hierarchy here. But, I, I, you know, I just don't know how, a, you know, a chocolate-based candy doesn't win. And then especially a peanut butter and chocolate-based candy, I, I just – Again, I think this is one of those where Skittles is a agree. great run, but you there? Yeah, Reese's is a classic. And um, stepping on you a little bit, Nick, choose here. I'm not entirely sure what's wrong, so I'm going to talk for a minute here. Um, stop your video. Maybe that'll help. I can pause my video. Uh, it's still kind of in and out. No, it's the internet on my end. Yeah, okay. can, can you hear me at all? Yep, I can hear you now. Um, I'm going to turn off video. Okay. That's probably some of the problem. Um, and I don't know how to do that. Oh, stop video. Um, Let's go back through the last segment again. Okay. And, I, and I'll try to cut it together. Um, all right, so this brings us to the final matchup. Skittles versus Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I am actually going to do something that's probably shocking. I argued pretty heavily against Reese's Peanut Butter Cup in favor of M&M's. But I'm going to say Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is a classic candy while Skittles is kind of more of a novelty. I think there's a much broader appeal to Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, so I'm going to give it the title. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you're picking your champion of candies, it's really tough to pick that and not think of a chocolate-based candy. And then you layer in, I mean, 
Reese's peanut butter cup is most, a lot of people's favorite candy. It's got that chocolate. It's got the peanut butter combined really a game changer there. Um, question. I mean, the only thing I would say that Skittles really has an advantage in, and then they are kind of the king of the fruity candy, but I will say taste the rainbow is probably a better tagline than I, I don't even know what, what, what Reese's is, but when you go to the, just when I think of the king of candy, it's going to be a chocolate candy. And uh, Reese's is the chocolate candy in this case. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting. We ended up with a winner. That's probably like my 13th favorite candy on this list. But this isn't just about what I like. That wouldn't have been a very enjoyable show. Uh, It's instead about sort of what the the best is. So I'm going to call this a pretty big upset, but it it is a one seed. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup takes the title. uh, And that... Uh, please argue with us on social media. We know this was unscientific, not meant to be representative of anything except our opinions, but we're going to move on to our final topic of the night, sort of the, uh, you know, Dan and Nick's final thought. We're here going to talk a little bit about what's happening with WWE and WrestleMania. Um, we were planning on going to WrestleMania this year. You, you were meeting a friend. I was probably going to tag along and join you. Uh, and we decided we couldn't do that because of the coronavirus well before WWE made the decision they made today, which is they are going to do WrestleMania the way they've been doing Raw and SmackDown, which is with no audience at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. Nick, how shocked are you by this? Well, if you'd asked me, you know, four months ago, I would have been very, very shocked Uh, in the context of the last several weeks. uh, Not really surprised at all. Um, it is strange. I don't know if you saw the clip uh, from Raw the other night. It was 316 night, and so obviously Austin 316, Steve Austin came out there. Uh, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, chugging the beers and doing the, uh, the Stone Cold Stunner uh, without an audience, without hearing that big pop when he walked out there, was one of the most surreal things I've probably ever seen. Um, yeah, what, what, how, how, what did you think about that, Dan? It's been very strange. I've only watched uh, a little bit of the show. I haven't gotten to that point yet. And the first SmackDown was kind of novel. You know, it was, it was a different presentation. I mean, there have been some classic empty arena matches in, in wrestling in the past. So that was interesting once. As a weekly basis, they're missing having a crowd. And they're in a tough position because obviously they need to put on shows in order to get paid. Um, but it's a very bizarre presentation. And look, I know from a storyline reason, you need to do a pay-per-view or a special show when WrestleMania would have taken place, probably for contractual reasons around the world. I would argue that they should call it Orlando Super Show and do WrestleMania four months from now or in the fall or find some way to sort of capture that moment because we're both wrestling fans. And even when I was a casual fan, WrestleMania was like something you watched and I don't think it's going to feel the same without the big entrances, excuse me, without a crowd. It, it just feels like a very watered down version of it. And they're in a tough spot, but I feel like you don't have to call it WrestleMania. Yeah. I think one of the big things as a wrestling fan and, you know, someone who watches wrestling is that pop of the crowd, particularly when, when there's a big reveal, which often happens in WrestleMania. You think about when Seth Rollins ran in and cashed in, the briefcase, how crazy the crowd was going. You're, you're genuinely surprised. Or, or, you know, a couple of years ago when the Hardy Boys came back, everybody went crazy. Or if you want to go away from WrestleMania, I remember when AJ Styles made his debut at the Royal Rumble. That, that, that feeling that crowd, you know, all at once kind of suck in their breath uh, and be surprised. Uh, 
without that, I, it, a big part of the show is gone. Yeah, I, I don't I, know how I, you can replicate that. I agree. And so you mentioned AJ Styles. Like, I, I am a big non-WWE fan. And AJ Styles has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. And he sort of had, you know, traveled around the world, had made a bigger name for himself in New Japan. And when WWE hired him, they didn't know what they were going to do with him. They thought they might put him down to NXT, which was truly a developmental territory. And when he came out, they were genuinely stunned at the reaction. And it felt like sort of the entire like indie community getting behind and being like, hey, that's our guy. Like we're, we're going to cheer. Uh, the other one recently that literally had me in tears. I don't know if you watched the Royal Rumble, but Edge coming out at the Royal yep. Rumble, who had had to retire for health reasons nine years ago and sort of worked himself back into position where he got cleared, which is almost never happens. The fans came unglued and it made it so much better. And I'm just not sure that works when it's all of us doing it at home. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, you, so you add all that aspect of wrestling, which is just really so important. And then you mentioned again, uh, WrestleMania, all the pyro, you know, usually it's a hundred thousand people. You have triple H riding in on his giant motorcycle or what have you. You've got, you know, the undertaker taking half an hour to get to the, uh, to get to the, uh, uh, the, the, the ring just without a crowd. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I get, this is a TV show. I think folks need to remember, like, you know, the, there's wrestling and all that sort of thing, but there is a plot, a story that must go on. And if you, you, they've been building to these WrestleMania matches, many of them for months and months and months, some of them not quite as well as you would like, but uh, in any event, to, to not have WrestleMania and to leave the, the storyline disjointed, uh, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place here because you can't just, uh, you know, jump out of the story in midstream because this is a 52 week a year storyline. Uh, but you just can't replicate that same experience in an empty arena. Yeah, and in a closing note, I will say that as a fan, I really appreciate that both WWE and AEW are running empty arena events so they can have programming each week because pretty quickly we're going to run out of stuff to watch. For a few months, we're going to catch up on things we were behind on, but a lot of television's not being produced. You know, ESPN isn't doing PTI every day. They're not doing Morning Sports Center. Uh, they'll probably cut back on even more stuff when there's when they don't have NFL free agency to talk about as as actively. So the fact that they're still going and they're still putting on these shows, I know that WWE is giving me, you know five to seven hours a week of entertainment that I can consume. AEW is giving me probably my favorite wrestling show right now, giving me two hours every week. And as a fan, I really appreciate that. And Nick, I really appreciate you joining me for the first episode here. I'm sure you'll be a regular visitor. I did not say my name at the beginning of the show, uh, but if you're listening, you probably know who I am. I'm Dan Klein. Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dan. You know, I I wish we'd have had more time because I would have picked your brain about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. I'm sure that has you a little, uh, a little uh, affected, but uh, maybe we'll talk about that next time. So Brady leaving the Patriots and while we were recording this, announcing that he was signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I feel like I need time to process and perhaps we do a show, uh, maybe not just about that, but maybe on this offseason of quarterbacks. Happy to do it, Dan. Let's do it sometime. I appreciate it, Nick. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. For Nick Seipel, I'm Dan Klein. Didn't write a closing for the show. Work in progress. We'll get there. Thank you for listening. All right. Enjoyed it, Dan. Uh